0: Hey, everyone. We're rounding out our study of C.J. Mahaney's short book on humility just around the turn of the year. I really like this time of year as it's a marked space for us to reflect. Yeah, I could do without, and in fact I do, without New Year's resolutions per se. However, I am a proponent of thoughtful, prayerful, spiritual goals in our personal lives, and I'm happy to take advantage of the common grace of reflection around this time of year. This last chapter is framed with parenting as the primary example used. And for those of us that are parents, it certainly brings to light some important things about how we model, what we praise, and what we help our children aspire to. But this concept is not limited to our biological families. I would argue that this applies to us, as leaders in God's family, in the ways that we model before others, what we praise of others, and what we aspire for those who are in our care in our communities. I don't think this is too much of a stretch, either, nor do I think it's belittling or patronizing or even paternalistic. I think it fits the God-given role for us as leaders to lead those in our care. The New Testament epistles are full of this familial language, God as our Father, other believers as brothers and sisters, younger believers as children in the faith. And the point here is not to create a family tree or a hierarchy. No, we're all adopted by grace as God's children. But the sense of care for those whom you lead is what I'm thinking of here. It's what I'm thinking of when Paul writes this to the Philippians. I thank my God in my, all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affections of Christ Jesus, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless at the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. And Paul writes similarly to the Colossians this, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for those who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged.' being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so, brothers and sisters, these prayers of Paul for his churches is my prayer for you as leaders and for those in your communities that you are caring for, that you would be presented mature in Christ, and that you might help those in your communities grow, that they might be presented mature in Christ. So it's not a surprise, then, that I would see Mahaney's encouragement for us to model humility for our children as applicable to us as leaders to model humility for our communities. And what ambition might we have for our communities? Not simply that they would grow in number, though we surely want that, but first and foremost that those in our communities might grow mature in Christ. The reason we want to see numerical growth is only because we want to see as many people as possible growing to trust and treasure Jesus and to live that out with others. What then might we do to encourage this? Well, of course, you can anticipate, I'll say model. But then, when it comes to speaking to others, Mahaney suggests we celebrate the development of godly character more than anything else about a person. We talked a few episodes ago about seeing evidences of grace in others as a practice of humility, but here what we see is that it is not just good for us to point out these things for our own humility, but also, and perhaps primarily, for the building up of our brothers and sisters in Christ. DCC has been in the practice of honoring one another and identifying these evidences of graces in our gathering from the beginning. Romans 12.10 says that we are to love one another with brotherly affection and to outdo one another in showing honor. On the first part here, we are commanded to have brotherly affection for one another. We aren't simply called to bear with one another or to forgive one another, though we are indeed called to those things. But we are called to grow in our affections for one another. You know, personally, I missed this for a shamefully long time in my walk. If you're like me and you had wrestled with what it is like to have these positive affections for our brothers and sisters in Christ, I found one thing above all else works to change that, and that is to pray for them. Pray for your family in Christ. Pray by name and pray for their good. If you don't have these affections for others, pray that God would give you eyes to see them as he sees them. His beloved children, on whom His favor rests in Christ. If you can see nothing else in these brothers and sisters than to see that Christ has loved them enough to die for them, then you're at a good starting place. They don't earn their love from God any more than you did, but God has loved them as He has loved you, by His grace and for His glory, for their good and yours. So pray for them and see how God moves in your heart toward them. The second half of Romans 12.10 is to outdo one another in showing honor. We practice this showing honor in our leadership gatherings, and I would encourage you to practice this honoring one another in your communities as well. At a minimum, when someone is leaving your community for one reason or another, we should take the opportunity to honor them, to encourage them, and to pray for them as they go. This is not only good for the person or people going to know that they are still cared for, but it's also good for the community that remains. It's good for others to be in the practice of seeing and speaking these encouragements to each other. But beyond that, I'd encourage you to work into your icebreaker or prayer time this identifying evidences of grace in each other. I know there's a temptation to fear: will it be awkward, or what if no one says anything, or no one has anything nice to say? And I feared that too. So practically, I've dealt with this fear uh, in two ways: first, praying that God would be glorified and His saints encouraged, and two having my own meaningful evidences of grace in mind for those in the, in the community so that I can fill in uh, the time as needed. Especially important would be for any of you who, whom you notice aren't being honored by others in this practice. There's obviously a balance here because you still need to say accurate and specific things rather than generic God loves you kind of comments. So work those out uh, in your community in particular. In closing, friends, I hope this last study has been uh, as helpful for you as it has been for me. I pray that we would continue to grow in our humility before God and lead our communities to do the same. And while we're on the topic of setting goals around the next year, I'd I'd encourage you to build in these suggested habits to intentionally cultivate humility into your personal discipleship plan for this next year. Please pray with me. Father, thank you for this study. Thank you for leading us toward a true humility, and I pray that you would continue to lead us. I pray that we might lead others as we follow after Christ as our example. I thank you for the work you've done in the lives of your people in DCC this year, and I ask that this next year would be one of growth and maturity in Christ for those hearing this as leaders and those whom they'll lead. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.